forgiven. We want to thank you for working in our lives and answering prayers. And Lord, we uh, just thank you that we can trust you with every situation. And Lord, we know that when we don't have answers, you most certainly do. And we thank you for working. We thank you that we can trust you with the future, what we do not know. In your name we pray. Amen. Oh, and the rest of us, we're going to start in Luke chapter 5. We're just going to take a simple walk through the Scriptures in the life of Peter and examine this thing called faith and how it really works. And... Uh, Of course, this is not the first time Peter met the Lord. Uh, Peter had already been called of the Lord once. He had been introduced to Jesus by his brother Andrew. And uh, here in Luke chapter 5, and we'll just read the first 11 verses here. It says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him, talking about Jesus, to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. We know that is the Sea of Galilee. And saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night. And have taken nothing, nevertheless at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes in their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me. For I am a sinful man, O Lord, for he was astonished in all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Now, this is a familiar story, and we're understanding the call of the disciples. And uh, it's interesting here that the people, the Jewish people, pressed upon Jesus to hear the Word of God. They they wanted to hear the Word of God taught. And uh, there's not always been that hunger, but the one thing that, uh, we do know is when the Bible is taught, people will listen. Amen. And so as the people were pressing there, now Jesus had an entirely different motive and plan for this whole thing. The people were there to hear the gospel, but Jesus was more interested in four guys, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Now, I don't know if you've ever worked all night and watched the sun come up the next morning and still had things to do, but that's, that's not the world's most pleasant feeling. Uh, you see that sun come up and it's like, oh my, uh, I've been up all night. And that's what the fishermen apparently did, according to our story. They fished at night and so they were rearranging things. And Jesus didn't preach nice little 40-minute sermons like uh, we do or 50-minute. I mean, most of the time 
the feeding of the 5,000 he'd been preaching for days. And, and so, uh, it's probably getting well nigh on what we would call lunchtime here. And he tells Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. Now, how many of you caught the plural and the singular that are in there? Jesus said, let down your nets. And Peter said, what? He said, I'll let down the, the net. I'll let down one of them, Lord. And uh, the thing was, they enclosed a great, great multitude of fishes. Their net broke. The fish were popping out and flying all over the place. And they called James and John and they filled both boats up. And uh, they were running so low in the water that they were afraid that even the waves that the wind would chop up on the little sea would swamp the boats and sink them before they got to the shore. And they got to the shore and what happened? Jesus said, to Simon, fear not. Now, why did he tell Peter to not be afraid? Because Peter had told Jesus to depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Do you think Peter understood what Jesus was trying to do here? That Jesus had already called them once. And he said, I want you to follow me. And what was Peter doing? He's fishing. Hadn't caught anything all night. And all of a sudden, he had two boats so full of fish that they were about to sink. And they barely got them to the shore without losing the boats and the fish. And Peter's going, you've got the wrong man, Lord. I'm not the guy that you want. And Jesus said, fear not, you are the guy that I want. Uh, when I read this passage, I'm reminded of my pastor, Brother Thompson's words. Uh, they just echo in my heart. He knows everything about me. But he still loves me. Amen. Jesus picked Peter. Now, Peter was if you like peas, a problematic person, was he not? I, I mean, he was just one of those people that always seemed to be getting himself in trouble. But Jesus kept bringing it right back to where it needed to be. He said, follow me. You see, that's what faith is. Faith is not accomplishing Faith is not sitting down and coming up with something you want to see happen and praying and praying and praying until God gives it to you. Faith is simply following Jesus. Amen? And Peter did that to a degree. He was so intent on following Jesus... Let's go to John chapter uh, 13 here. This was the night in which Jesus was betrayed. And Jesus had already told them that someone at the table is going to betray him. 
And he's already told the disciples they're going to be scattered. (coughs) And verse 36, Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why can I not follow thee? Why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. Don't forget to read the next verse. Those chapter divisions are not uh, part of your Bible. They're just there to help us find things. So he tells Peter... Wilt thou lay down thy life for me? You can, you can hear the, the sarcasm in his voice, can you not? He said, you think you're going to lay down your life for me? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. He said, the sun's not coming up tomorrow morning until you've denied that you even know me three times. Jesus was not being kind here. He was being honest, brutally honest. He was trying to get Peter to wake up. Peter was still in that follow Jesus mode. He said, I'll follow you anywhere. I'll follow you to death. The only problem was Peter didn't know Peter very well. But Jesus did. Now, what's the next verse? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He said, Peter, you've got to get your eyes off what you can do and start getting your eyes on what I can do for you. Now, we know what Peter did, don't we? He followed Jesus afar off. And if you're going to get into trouble, that's the way to do it. I've often used this as an illustration. I was at a preacher's meeting uh, one time. And a preacher preached an excellent sermon on Peter following Jesus afar off. I mean, it was just a great message. But he didn't mean what we mean. And uh, another preacher there, there was a a lot of division in the fellowship there. And the only reason I was there was I was a treasurer and I had to turn over the books. And uh, he said, I just don't understand. Uh, And... uh, What I wanted to tell him was, well, why haven't you been to our meetings for the last 18, 20 months? It's because you didn't like what was going on. We were preaching out of this old King James Bible and nothing else, and we were being Baptist and not apologizing for it. I said, where were you? Well, he wasn't that kind of a preacher. And uh, he said, I just don't get it. And I said, are you really being honest with me, or are you just trying to be nice? He said, no, I, I don't understand. I said, well, listen. I said, if I had preached uh, Brother Welling's sermon, that was the preacher's name. He's with the Lord now. I said, there would have been a fist fight at the preacher's meeting. He said, no. I said, yeah. I said, because if I had preached on not following Jesus, on following Jesus afar off, I would have been preaching against new modern Bible versions, taking Baptist off your name, uh, no King James Bible, uh, being worldly, Christian rock and roll music. I'd, pre- I'd preached against all those things. And he goes, no. I'm here calling. Yeah, you, you don't understand, do you? 
You see, he was so far off that he didn't even understand how far off they were. And we find ourselves in that place when we're not following Jesus the way we should. The Lord had already told Peter what was going to happen. And he gave Peter three hours to prepare. And what did Peter do? He slept. Do you think if Peter had prayed for those three hours instead of slept for those three hours, things might have been different? I'll tell you, I think they would have been. But Jesus had already told Peter what was going to happen, and Jesus knew that Peter was going to sleep for those three hours, and Jesus knew that Peter would deny him three times. And the last time, he would resort to profanity, cursing and swearing, to prove to these people that he didn't know who Jesus was. Now, aren't you glad Jesus wasn't through with Peter yet? How many can say amen? I'll tell you one message that I never get tired of preaching is the patience of God, the long-suffering of our Lord. Let's go to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. And I, I guess the saying is deja vu, right? That's the same thing over again or something in French. And uh, so, uh, Peter had denied the Lord, and they had seen the resurrected Lord, of course, on Resurrection Sunday, the Sunday after. They were now in Galilee, and, and Peter was really having doubts, and, and he said, I go a-fishing, in verse 3 here. And, and many uh, try to read into this, and I don't, uh, I can't really argue with them that Peter was saying, okay, we've had a good run. The Lord was, it was great with the Lord and He helped us. He said, but now it's time to get back to living. Uh, I'm going to go fishing. Uh, that's what I was doing when I met the Lord and that's what I'm going to, that's what I'll do when He leaves and He's gone. And so Peter went fishing and all that night they caught nothing again. I wonder if there was a glimmer of anything going on in Peter's mind. Don't think so. He was too busy trying to fish. But when the morning was now come, verse 4, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, verse 5, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. Verse 6, He said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. See, something was going on with John's mind. He's remembering this. And uh, those that are supposed to know these things say that you never throw the, the, the net on the right side of the ship. It has something to do with the shadow of the sun or something and it makes the fish see the net. I'm, I'm just telling you what the experts say there. But they did what Jesus said, and the fish was, the net was full of fish. I mean, just packed. 153 fish. Stop and think about that. 
I mean, that is a lot of fish. And so, they, they tried to draw it. They weren't even able to lift the net over the side of the boat. They had to keep the net in the water and drag it to the shore. And John, uh, he looks and he said, Peter, I've been here before. That's got to be Jesus. And Peter puts his coat on and jumps in the water. And he's going to go see Jesus. And he's there on the shore. And Jesus had a fire and said to the disciples, we get down to verse 10, bring of the fish which ye now have caught. And Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, 153. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of his disciples of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was Jesus? Now, three times after they had dined, Jesus says to Peter, Do you love me more than these? And you know, people have read so many things into this. Uh, I think we need to keep it simple. How many times had Jesus denied the Lord? Peter denied the Lord. I'll get it right, sorry. Peter denied the Lord three times. Three times in Scripture, Peter's denial was recorded. And three times in Scripture, Peter's affirmation of the Lord was recorded. I think we can leave it right there. Uh, This idea of different Greek words for love and different levels of love, that is not known to God. God does not love some people a little bit and other people a lot of bit. He loves us all the same because God is love. Can we say amen to that? And by the way, God does not accept levels of love from us either. It's either God is first of all or he's not at all. Either love him First and foremost with your life, or you don't. There's, there's only, uh, and, and if you want to know, if you want to test, if you want to measure of how much you love God, get out the Bible and see how well you measure up. Because Jesus said, if you love me, what? Keep my commandments. Do what I say. And if all of a sudden you find yourself not doing what the Bible says, then we need to check on that thing. But let's, let's get back to our story here. We're looking at faith in the life of Peter. And we get down to the end of this story. And Jesus tells Peter in verse 18, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thine hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee where thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, follow me. You know, Jesus was still interested in the same thing. We might say that Peter had an incredible detour here the night Jesus was betrayed. I mean, he just went so far off the reservation to even curse and swear that he didn't know who Jesus was. But Jesus is still interested in Peter. Amen. He brought him back. 
And he said, I still want you to follow me. And what did Peter do? What's John going to do? Oh, don't you just have to love Peter. He has just received a bucket load of mercy from Jesus Christ himself. He has received public exoneration uh, from his denials of knowing the Lord. He has been given every good thing accepted by Jesus and told to follow me. And what is Peter going to do? He's going to worry about John. And Jesus sets the record straight one more time. He says in verse 22, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. You know what? Peter got it, didn't he? Because who was preaching on the day of Pentecost? Peter was. Let's turn to Acts chapter 4, and we'll finish up here if we can. Acts chapter 4, day of Pentecost, 3,000 people got saved. Acts chapter 4, and uh, Peter is answering the, uh, the scribes and the Pharisees, the very same men that had put Jesus on trial, the very same men whose servants Peter denied the Lord in front of, uh, this was all the same people. This was only removed for, uh, 40 day, 50 days from the crucifixion was the Feast of Pentecost. And then maybe another month or two after that, but a very short time period, all the players were the same. And Peter looks at them, and in, in verse 9, he says, If we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to the, all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Verse 13, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And it went on, verse 19, But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. Wow, what, what a powerful response. They had to stop and they had to take notice that Peter and John and the disciples had been with Jesus. There was no turning back for Peter. He kept things straight. He kept things true. And he followed the Lord till the day that he died. Amen? You see, the truth of the matter is, it's not 
what you can do for Jesus. It's what Jesus can do for you. It's what he will do with your life if you will let him. And when we fail, and we will, there's only one place we can go. And that's right back to Jesus. Amen? And so as we look at the life of Peter, we see that he had a real problem with this follow thing, didn't he? He was out there fishing. Jesus made him catch all the fish after Peter had stayed up all night and worked all morning, sat in the boat, listened to Jesus preach all through the morning. Peter was really worn out at this point. Had to be physically. And then he caught all those fish and he forsook all. Somebody said, what happened to the fish? Well, who took care of the families and, and uh, uh, while they were following Jesus? Well, all those fish did. And so, Jesus took care of everything. And then after Peter had failed and denied the Lord, three times he lets Peter reaffirm his love for him. Three times he commands Peter to feed his lambs and feed the sheep and feed the sheep. I've got work for you to do. And Peter, he's still, he's, every perfect moment, he's got to mess it up, doesn't he? What's John going to do? Just follow me. Peter didn't know that within just a year or so, John was going to be dead. And it was just going to be Peter as the leader of the... Um, actually, it was James that would be killed, not John. John was the young disciple who was going to live a very long time. I'll get my facts right sooner or later here. But the point we're trying to make is that Jesus used Peter... His whole life. Because Peter followed the Lord. And when he failed, he went back to following the Lord. And when he got his eyes off the Lord, he kept following the Lord. And the Lord, that wasn't the last mistake Peter made. Read Acts chapter 15. Peter wasn't perfect. But yeah, he was. There was no part missing in his service for the Lord. That's the definition, remember, from this morning? And so, what we need to do is we need to just take a moment and look at the life of Peter and understand God's goodness and God's love and all God's people said. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight and we ask that you would help us to learn from the example of Peter. And Lord... We do want to be mindful that if there be one among us that's not saved tonight, that tonight that they would be willing to trust you as their Savior. Lord, we ask you to work in hearts and lives and encourage us in your word that we may serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. And before we finish that prayer, we'll just keep our heads bowed for a moment. No piano tonight is normal and... Just in this moment of silence, if you need to slip out and spend some time at the altar, the altar is open.